You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. We are here with Nicholas Benedetto from Leap Point and Jump Seat. Now, let's talk about this. As long as there's business, there will be consultants creating ways to make it faster, more efficient, and more profitable. And Leap Point is a consulting firm for finance, HR, IT, marketing, and government, to name a few. In 2018, it was named to Forbes' list of America's best management consulting firms, a very high honor. Now, that same year, Leap Point also acquired JumpSeat, which is a browser-based training platform that allows a company to build training modules right in the application instead of in a separate program. That saves time and it trains employees more effectively. Joining us today on the Brand Builders Podcast is the CEO of Leap Point and Jump Seat, Nicholas Benedetto. Welcome to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Nicholas, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Hell of a Hell of an intro again. How do I do in the name? Uh, yeah, De Benedetto. Yeah. De Benedetto. Yeah. 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 So, Brian, can, can I bring you everywhere with me? Yes. I'll <laughs> be your be hype man. I'll be your hype man. I like it. <laughs> Nicholas, tell us how you got into this end of the consulting world and how you came to be the founder of Leap Point in what, back in 2006? Was that right? Yeah, the company was started in 2006. Probably didn't get it going till about 2010, 2011. Um, let, let me take a step back though, cause I want to tell you a story cause you mentioned the Forbes thing cause you know, very blessed to be on the Forbes, but it, and when you talked about children, it put something in my mind. Um, you know, as a CEO, you get a lot of these companies that want to sell, oh, you're going to be on this list and that list. And so I just had become conditioned to ignore it, you know, because a lot of it is more just, you know, pay and you could do this or that. Um, and I remember it specifically because I was getting these calls from Forbes and the company and, and I just didn't believe it. Be, you know, they would call and they would say, we interviewed 3000 executives and, you know, you guys came up and, and yeah, we had been doing really well in 2016, 17, really broke into, you know, the fortune 500, which was a lot of the interviews that Forbes, I, I assume was conducting. Um, but I was hanging up on them. I kept hanging up on them. I'm like, this is a scam. And I hung up on them. I hung up on them. I would tell my wife. And um, we were at the hospital. We just got done with our last sonogram. And they called. And I told my wife, I said, you know, here's this Forbes scam calling again. And they won't, they won't leave me alone. <laughs> and she said, why don't you just see if it's real? So I said, okay, if this is real, just shoot me an email. And they said, okay, we'll shoot you an email. And literally a minute later, I got the email. And uh it was great. I just had two great things happen. You know, got to see my baby boy and um, also got that, the, to hear that recognition. So it was a really memorable day for me. So um, I just want to take, take a step back and tell you that story. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. And now, and now because of the amazing team we have, we've been um, 2018, 19, and 2020, we, we were on that same list. So um, hopefully we can make it next year and, uh, you know, hopefully we're doing a good job and I think we are, we have great people. Um, but, um, you'd ask the question of, you know, how did I get into this? And, um, that's a great question. Um, I, I always think that something big happens from some sort of realization and, you know, some that causes you to make an action. 
And I worked for a big four consulting firm. I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers, who I absolutely love. Um, still to this day, I cherish that um, company. It's, in my mind, the best consulting firm in the world. It has amazing, amazing people. And um, when I went into the organization, I thought I was like a level nine consultant. And I quickly realized I was a six. <laughs> and with great mentors, you know, I just was able to increase my capability. But what happens in the, that type of firm is um, they have a lot of great people. They have a lot of great lanes. I used to say they have verticals, they have horizontals, they have diagonals. Um, and I come from a Pennsylvania family of entrepreneurs that just always kind of would run. Um, and great relationships with PwC, but I couldn't run like I wanted to run. Um, and just a good example would be we would really partner with like five or six major technologies because we want to be tool agnostic. Um, I saw the world changing. I saw SaaS happening at a rapid pace and I realized that some of those solutions were very disruptive and I wanted to be a part of it. So that's when I left and went to, to start my own organization. And coincidentally, you know, the first opportunity I got was um, as a subcontractor PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, and then from there, it's, it's sort of all history. So tell me, you guys founded with some other big four alumni, so to speak. Um, and, and I guess really, you know, the, the name Leap Point, what provided that leaping off point? Um, you know, what, what real change there happened? And, and maybe it was, you know, you understanding the disruptor. Um, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, I like how you said leaping off there. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, first off, let, let me do say that. Um, the first person to join my company came from PricewaterhouseCoopers, and that's my partner. And um, she's phenomenal. So, like we always would say, um, I sell the dream and she makes dreams come true because she's just a unicorn in her own right. So, I, I can't say that, um, you know, I've really achieved this um, by myself, but that, that's not the case whatsoever. I mean, we have an amazing team. I should tell you, we're not only consultants, but we recognize that in order to be successful, we, we needed people that actually sat in the chair. And so right now we're about half consultants and half industry people, which is just an amazing, amazing mix. Um, so the jump off on it was definitely the recognition or the realization that um, SAS was kicking off, but really my entrepreneurial spirit and probably being a little bit too dumb to realize that um, I was taking such a big risk. <laughs> what what is your company mission and, and what do you believe in that mission is is what sets you apart from some of your competition yeah um you know the, the mission is pretty simple we want to drive change um, and we keep it simple because we believe that change is part of evolution and that if you can change every day which we do just throughout our lives right the person that you are today with Brian with children, as an example, is such a much better person than you were in your 20s. Um, so we believe in change. We believe in the acceleration of that change. Um, and I would say that the real differentiator is that we care. Not that other companies don't care, um, because they do. Um, but we take caring to a whole nother level. It's not just caring about um, the work that you're doing. It's caring about your software partners, your clients, um, the, the environment as you're doing this work. 
And I think as long as you care and you're able to sort of wrap that up into a culture, um, it's a huge differentiator. And we have a low attrition rate and we have amazing, amazing people. And I think I always say the one thing I do well, and it's only one thing, believe me. And you can ask my wife if you wanted to dispute it. Um, <laughs> just one, just one thing. <laughs> the one thing is, um, is I've created a great culture um, and found really great people that believe in the same things that I do. And um, people often worry about like, well, you know, are you going to share too much of your IP and give it away and other people will recreate it? I always say good luck because you can't recreate our people. I, you really can't do it. They're amazing. So, yeah. So that, that you know, be... for example, you know, you guys know Morgan who came to us to sure. run events, right? A great example. She came to us to run events and we do a lot of events, but COVID-19 has, um, she did one event before COVID-19 and I was blown away with her. Um, obviously, T19 changed the course. People aren't having events right now. But um, she's so fantastic, we could tell that um, she's now pivoted quickly into digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So she's now taken that event perspective and applying it to digital marketing and learning and then marrying the two. And that's a brilliant, brilliant thing because the events aren't going to come back anytime soon. But like digital marketing, it needs to be hyper-personalized. And she gets that. So it's, um, it's the bright people is the key, I think. Absolutely. And you mentioned culture and, and how important that is. I'm curious, throughout this COVID, where you might not be able to convene in your office or wherever you were used to prior to COVID, how has that affected your culture and um, your team and your teamwork and the way you communicate internally? Yeah, so for us, it wasn't an issue um, because... Well, one of the one of the amazing things that I realized when creating a company is yeah, I've been I've been in IT around the space for a long time. And, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to create a company, you had to build an email server and you had to build a file server. Right. And like you don't need to do that stuff anymore. It's all web based. And that's that's one of the other reasons I built my company, because I'm like, this is so dang easy um, compared to all the overhead that you used to have in the past. So we don't have an issue with it. We're based out of um, Reston, Virginia. Most of our staff is on site, but the rest of our staff are around, I think, 16 states and three countries right now. So we never really thought of it as you have to be co-located with someone to be successful. Um, not the case. We have planes. We have things like that. Um, that when you want to get in front of a client and you want to get together, you can do that. And so we didn't miss a beat. For us, all of our stuff runs on the web. Um, we use Zoom, of course, we're using that now, and we kind of have this, hey, keep your video on. Um, and we do lots of different things. Like we have, um, we use a solution called Donut, which Morgan actually recommended for us to have coffee together. It recommends, hey, you haven't talked to this person on Slack for a long time, you should have a coffee with them. We do things like that, we do happy hours, we do lots of great stuff, um, all with a purpose. Um, but I will be transparent here. One of the things that we do struggle with, we do a pulse survey every year. And anything below a four, in my mind, is, is a failure. And there's three of them that usually always happen that come up. They're all three eights and three nines. But it's around how do I get closer connected? And to be frank, we're still trying to figure that one out. Pre-COVID, we would do events twice a year. Um, we were going to do a, a Las Vegas event midsummer, And... It can't just be an event where it's like, okay, and, and we've done this. 
we're getting together and we're going to teach you stuff for three days and you're going to sit in a room for eight hours. That we, for our Vegas event, it was much, much different. It's like, Hey, we're going to go to the top on that roller coaster up at the top there. And, oh yeah, while we're up there, we're going to spend 30 minutes teaching you about risk management, something that's kind of related. So that's, that's how we're trying to change, but I can't tell you that we've mastered it yet because we just haven't, I'm not above a 4.0 in it. And when we figure it out, I'd love to come back and share some of those thoughts. I love that. And you guys, uh, one really cool story that we heard about, you know, with it being a strange year and, and, uh, and Scott Dunstan will, will appreciate this with his family being in, in the restaurant world is you notice something special about local restaurants. And you just mentioned you have employees in 16 states and three countries. It's not like everybody's centrally located in one city and you're like, hey, let's all support our local city that we all call, call home. You challenged your employees to go buy a $100 gift card to local establishments and then they were reimbursed for that. So you gave them the power to yeah. support the community that they live in, even if you've never even been there. Uh, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to do that. And on behalf of, of local restaurants around the country, you know, if there were more people like you, maybe more of them would still be in business as they struggle. Uh, but that's really, really cool and, and an awesome concept that you uh, that, that you, you you gave to your employees. Oh, thank you. You know, that's a real was a real easy decision. I mean, we all love to go out and eat and we all knew that they were going to be in trouble. And, you know, I, I felt really compelled to make sure we could help them in some manner. And I, I got the idea of, I think, just browsing LinkedIn. Somebody else had mentioned it. And I'm like, I want to mobilize that for my company. So like most things that I've done, I didn't, I didn't come up with it. You know, I just emulated somebody great that had the idea. Um, that's a good example. But, you know, going back to caring, let me tell you what, uh, most of our people went and matched it. So that's, that was what was like really amazing to me. And then, and then I'm not a big fan of like posting everything that you do, you know, because, you know, you, you want to do it with, you want to be altruistic. And, and I was convinced that, Hey, we need to post this because we could be part of a movement. And another company picked up on it and did the same thing. And that's really cool. Um, so it's like this balance of, you know, how do you, how do you help and be altruistic without trying to make it, you know, like, uh, your signaling or something like that. And you know, that's something I'm always dealing with, but I, I am now on the side of that, you know, you should promote it. So others may get an idea much like I did, you know, and follow suit. So that's good. Really I mean, cool. that that's leadership, right? Is, 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 is doing something not necessarily for the acknowledgement, doing something to lead others to, to, to create something, whether it's the same thing, whether it's something different that they're passionate about. But if people see you and your business doing something that is a, is a step in the right direction, hopefully that pushes them in the right direction as well, whether it's the same thing yeah. or something different. Um, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for, for sharing that story. Now I want to transition to, uh, one of the brands that you, uh, that you are also CEO of is jump seat. Now tell me a little bit about jump seat. What is this online training program? Why did you invest in this and what will that do for, for organizations and for companies? Yeah. Um, so, so we do digital transformation, which is a buzzword and I hate using it, but to keep it simple, um, we help enterprise organizations really digitize their work. Um, not like digitize scanning papers, but actually use SaaS applications to be efficient. And that means bringing the people together and the process and all of the different pieces that can come together or fall apart. Um, and one of the pieces that we noticed when we were doing this type of work is when you actually bring systems to bear a new process, 
um, you have to train people, right? So there's a whole people and change component. There's the, I always go to this, there's the Kevin Costner, you know, from Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Um, in large-scale enterprises, it's, it's the exact opposite. If you build it, they're going to run. They don't want to come um, because it's, for them, you're disrupting their business. And they may have been successful and they want to keep doing it that way. Now, now, granted, there are people that certainly want to adopt a new technology, so I don't want to cut them out of the situation. But what would happen is when we would put a new technology in, or usually what we do more than often is we put multiple technologies tied together, is that somehow somebody has to follow the new the new process and the new technology. And we were doing it in the old school way. We were doing PowerPoints, you know, training documents in Microsoft Word and videos to help the user base get familiar with the, the new solution. The problem is SaaS changes rapidly, like very rapidly. And that's part of the strategic advantage of it is compared to how things used to happen from a client server perspective. You know, they would deploy, you know, every two years or but SaaS happens like you're getting updates all the time so what we found out is um well i found out through um our lead of the training group at the time that they were updating powerpoints and videos and board documents all the time so i took a step back and i looked at it and said well wait a second this is uh reoccurring revenue right <laughs> we're constantly getting this money and i was like that's well, not such a bad thing um, but what really happened is my teammates are so forward leaning that they, they didn't want to do that work. It was too monotonous for them. They didn't want to go back and update manuals that they built a long time ago. Um, so I knew it was a problem and I didn't know what the solution was. And, um, just doing in our normal course of work, a, coincidentally, a good friend of mine who's in the software business, who I do a lot of work with today said, you got to check this company out called Jumpseat. Um, it was built by a couple Canadians, Mike Priest, um, company called 10 Speed. And we looked at it and I was just blown away by it. And I'm like, okay, we got to partner with these guys. So um, I hit it off with the CEO, great guy. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm, I'm all about stories. We got together the first time I met him to kind of talk through a strategy of how we partner. It's like 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And... Um, we get on a call and um, we're both there with our big coffees and he's got a cigarette. And I said, a cigarette in the morning? And he said, it's the morning? Um, <laughs> I was blown away by him. <laughs> you know? It's the, yeah, was, dude doesn't you know, sleep. Truly, dis, truly disrupting, you know? Like, and I was like, I love this guy. So we partnered up with him and then we started to deliver the solution to every major client that we showed it to. And I'm talking major clients, like brand names that you, you would hear about. And um, my team was like going, 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 and they wanted more and more features. So we were pressing Mike and I had a call with Mike and I'm like, hey, we really want these more features. This new client wants this one. And he just sat back and said to me, hey man, I can't keep up with you guys. And I've got another piece of software that does GDPR that's more hot than this. So um, I want my baby to grow up. And he's like, do you want to buy it? And um, we got together in Washington, D.C., and we bought it, and um, that's the way it's been ever since. We've, we've done a lot of upgrades to it, a lot of um, different changes, and we've started to put a lot of marketing behind it and went and launched with it in 2019 at Q4, Q3, Q4, so almost a year ago. And um, we have 30 enterprise clients. We're working major deals with the government. 
and we're just starting. Um, we're start, starting to learn what is our customer segment, who is our buyer. Um, we don't want to be a commodity solution, but we want to solve a specific problem. And so that's what we're working on right now is, yeah, we're selling it, but what problem are we really solving and what do we want to be known for in the market to differentiate ourselves and or create a new market segment? You know, um, that's the real big thing. It's like you don't get in to market going, yeah, like you guys don't wake up tomorrow and say, hey, we're going to go um, create straws, right? Like that's, you know, it's a, but maybe you create a specific straw that serves a particular group that solves a particular problem. That's that's what we're working on now. And that's what we're trying to figure out. What are you seeing? And we know what it is. Are you are you getting a lot of similar requests from different clients on the services you offer? Like, what are the challenges that you're solving for your customers now on on a daily basis? Yeah, you know what, I feel so blessed, and I, I I'm glad you asked that question because we're about to release a whole new branding, and and we changed our whole model of how we do work. So I told you initially it was just about like working with these SaaS companies and implementing them and whatnot. And SaaS has proliferated and some, most companies have too much software and we'll help them rationalize it and get it down to something more reasonable. But the real interesting thing that we've learned that we've shifted on the last 18 months and literally the branding is going to come out in three weeks mm-hmm. is that it's not just about one solution. It's about how these solutions work together to deliver the outcomes for the organization. And not only the solutions, but how do the people, how's the organization shaped to support that, the process? Um, and that's that's where we're shifting and we're calling that connective work. And we're about to release it. And I think, you know, being in the market for so long, I think what we're about to show is revolutionary because we're creating a construct for how work is done. And that construct can fit finance, marketing, IT, HR, sales. Um, that's what we do in those major areas. But then what we do is we take that construct and we personalize it for the function. So in marketing, it might slightly change, but it's still the same construct, but it's how marketing operations works and creative. Or IT, it might be portfolio management. The key thing is we show how you connect with software, how you integrate it, and the processes and so forth. But what's really big is when we solve the problem in a corporation at all those different functional levels, you then created a construct that they could work together better. And that's really where we're trying to go. That last piece is the market's not ready for it in my mind yet, because each function still kind of looks at themselves of how do I deliver for my function? You know, I'm the CMO of a company. How do I, how do I have a seat at the table with all the executives? And I'm really illustrating how the marketing initiatives that we have are providing value back to the corporation. Well, guess what? Every C-suite person at that table is trying to do the same thing. So we're solving that problem at a functional level when it comes. And we're doing it in all those areas. But because we're doing it, it's not like we're brilliant. We didn't have that idea a long time ago. We stumbled across it where the IT group's doing it, the marketing group's doing it, the sales group is doing it. And then we're integrating and then all of a sudden, our team gets together and says, hey, geez, if we make this consistent, we could solve it at a corporate-wide level. And that's where we're going next. And we have a great, great agency that we used out of Baltimore called 15.4 that has helped us illustrate this in an interactive way. And we're going to launch that next month. Wow. Congratulations. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. That's Thanks, exciting. I, <laughs> I can see the excitement in your feel face. The passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can. I, I could totally feel it, man. And that that's a great explanation. Thank you. Yeah. So, how many employees do you currently have? Um, so I count 1099s as employees. Um, we have about five percent of 1099s, five to ten percent, because we we work with skilled labor um, that is so skilled they you know they do it a lot of different times. So we're right around 60 people um, today. That's awesome. Heck yeah. So with you, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting going through, you know, 2020 per se. It seems like your business not only was set up for a disruptor like this, but ultimately you had the ability and don't take this the wrong way, but to capitalize on it, right? A lot of organizations had to go more of a, an online training process, a lot of different things. And people, in my opinion, are now starting that you might even have higher level people jumping down into conversations that maybe they never would have been a part of in 2019, but now it's really, really important. Where do you see your business in five to 10 years? Is this something that you want your sons to be able to get involved with? I mean, that's way down the road. But I'm just curious because it seems to me like your personality is, and I don't want to say nothing is going to be okay, but like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What can we do that's that, that's better? How can we make this stronger? How can we make this process more smooth? And that's really encouraging to not only the people that work for you, I'm sure, but for, for people that are consumers of that. And so I'm just curious to see like, where do you see your business and what are kind of your goals, either from a personal or a professional level? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, first off, I love what I do. Um, I just, as we were talking about, you could tell, um, I just want to solve problems at an enterprise level. Um, we're going to continue to keep doing it. And I think by focusing on that, the, the business will grow and the markets will come. And, um, like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't say this, but I'm just a Pennsylvania guy from the skill mill area. Like, um, so, I just think by getting in the day to day and listening and reading and just opening your eyes, if you do that, the other opportunities that will come like, geez, I, I was on a call yesterday just randomly where I heard about this company called predict IQ that's doing all these analytics for Uber and Hyatt. And, um, you know, someone's like, Oh, like you two, you the CEO and you have this company got to get together. And, I was like, oh my gosh, I learned what they did. I went to their website and I'm like, man, we could use these predictive analytics to help inform our marketing clients up front. So when they're evaluating what campaigns they should do, they should have these analytics available to them. Um, so I can't tell you, I know what the future is. I just want to keep doing what we're doing and then just keep meeting new companies and new people and getting bigger, not bigger for bigger sake, you know, like um, I don't. I don't really care about the people or the, the money. I just want to change the world and, and be, be good at what we do. So just keep growing like that, stay in the market, learn, learn new things and just share the knowledge. That's my goal. I love how you put that into perspective of, of, of you're just a Pennsylvania guy from a steel mill area. Uh, but your goal is to change the world. And I think that right there sums up exactly who you are and what you've done. And, and I, from an inspiration standpoint, I think a lot of people need to look in the mirror and realize that if you're not trying to change the world or you're not trying to make a better life for your family and the people around you, then what are you doing? You know, I think you have a very good head on your shoulders and, and have that mindset. It's not about money. 
It's not about how many people we can have. It's really about changing the world. And, and you're doing that through your skill set. And so I think that's very honorable. And I'm sure everyone that works for you and the people that get to work with you can sense that. Like I can, I'm, even though you're not in our studio right now, I can tell you're super passionate about what you do. And that's, that's the key, yeah. I think, on this podcast in general. You know, we dropped our 161st episode today. And it, it's up and down the board from nonprofits to profits, from leaders, you, you name it. We've probably had them on the podcast, but everything is all comes down to passion and loving what they do. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't love what you do, then then you know what? Go find that. It's time to go find that. Oh, and yeah. Quit whatever you're doing and and take a chance because if you never do it, then then you know you're gonna have that regret. And um, I, I love having people on the podcast like you that that give us that kind of inspiration. So thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, yes, thank sir. you for having me. I super appreciate it. Yeah, it's been uh, awesome. Congratulations on 161st episode. That's, yeah. a, that's a milestone for yeah, sure. Yeah, we've never missed a Friday in, in over three years, which is crazy. It's been but, a lot uh, of fun. It has been a lot of fun, and, and and it's neat because I think you know another thing in our in our country and, and in the in the globe, conversation is the thing that's lacking. And I think this podcast is, not only enables me and Scott to understand that even if you're different than us, we have so many things that are very similar, and we love being able to bring this every single week and. Um, you know, Nicholas, I'm, I'm so, you know, honored that Morgan got us in touch. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to work with you guys. And uh, it's been it's been really fun from that perspective. Can't wait to follow the journey. Uh, if we do have businesses that are interested uh, and people that are listening, what's the best way to get in touch with you? What's the best way to get in touch with your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for either Leap Point or Jump Seat, you could hit our website. Uh, that's Leap Point with two P's. Um, jumpseat is www.jumpseat.io. Uh, check out the company first and you can just email info at either one of those domain names and you could get in touch with us. Excellent. Nicholas, thank you. Please send our regards to Morgan if you speak with her anytime soon. And uh, we really appreciate you spending your morning with us. Yes, sir. This was awesome. Uh, yeah, so, likewise. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Uh, everybody, if you are listening, like, share, comment, uh, go check out this this business. It's it's fascinating. Honestly, if you go to their website, you can probably find yourself there for the next couple hours um, just looking at what, what it can be. And if you're a business leader and you're looking uh, at ways to not only improve, but but ways to make things more functional, this is a great opportunity. And, and it looks like if you partner with them, they'll be challenging you to continue to be better. And it's not something that they're just like, here's your, here's your program. Adios. They'll be with you for the entire ride. So Nicholas De Benedetto, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your, on your newborn as well. Um, I hope you do get some sleep, but thank you again for joining us on this episode of the brand builders podcast. Hey guys, thank you very much. Let me end with, um, a compliment back to you. Um, yeah, it's good to do what you love, but um, you need to be consistent. And clearly you guys have that over three years on a Friday. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's the hardest part. So congratulations to you both. Thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate you. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.